I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 62 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Uh, I'm coming to you live, or recording live, at Geary Gallery here in New York City, 185 Varick, in the neighborhood that I have crowned Triabka, which is the Triangle Above Canal. Um, we're here at Everything Speaks, a two-person show with my guests today, uh, Kristen Jensen and Ben Dowell, and special thanks to both of them for inviting me, special thanks to the gallery for hosting, and for all of you for coming out this evening. Um, so, Kristen and Ben, welcome to Humor in the Abject. How are you both? Good. Thank you. I, I feel a little terrified, but I'm good. No, you're, fu- you're doing great. This is... This is wonderful. We have a good room sound. I like all of it. We'll get a little train rumble when it goes under. It'll be very, very New York. Um, So for anybody who's listening to this later, um, this show is up until Saturday of next week, the 19th. Is that right? Okay, so this will come out on Sunday. So if you're listening, please come through. You still have a chance to see the show. But if somebody misses it, I wanted to ask you both if you could talk briefly about the works that you've made for this show and keep it to materials and processes. We'll get into concepts in a little bit. So, um, Ben, you look eager to go first. Why don't (laughs) you tell me a little bit about the work in the show and a bit about your practice in the studio? Uh, there are oil paintings on linen with one size brush, uh, abstract paintings over, overworked a little bit, kind of thick abstract paintings and a push pull method. What's a push pull method? You know, Hans Hoffman. Nope. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, you are, you know, stare at a painting and, uh, want it to tell you something, which is kind of insane, I guess, but you just sort of stare at a painting until you decide that the composition is speaking to you in some way. Cool. What about you? What have we got in the show? We have ceramics and we have soft sculpture. We've got a mixture of the two. Uh, So in this show, um, I have these uh, ceramic um, coil-built vessels that uh, are non-functional vessels um, whose, well, if they were functional, they're function would be ambiguous, uh, and they're supported by these um, soft sculptures. I call them beanbag sculptures, but that's just what I call them in my studio, um, that function as plinths, but are also stand-ins for any of number of other things. So, What are they packed with? With beanbag pellets. Where, oh, that's great. They're like. <laughs> I wish I had a more interesting answer for that, but. Uh, that's a great answer. That's the perfect answer. I've, I've tried a lot of materials, and that's actually the best, the best thing to pack them with. <laughs> Maybe I, they, they have to be able to support the weight. Yeah. So that's why beanbag pellets are the best, because they can support the weight of like a 30 pound ceramic sculpture. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Can, and so how did, how did it come about that the two of you did the show together? Because I think it was um, as soon as I saw the announcement and the information about it, all of a sudden this thing clicked where I thought, this work really weirdly makes sense together. How did, were you all pals before this, or did it come through the gallery? I mean, what, how did you end up doing the show? You, you can, you can uh, it kind of came from that experience I had with our own work, with her work and my work, and I saw her show at Sabon Sabal, and I was like, this work is awesome, and then I thought about how it would fit with my work for a long time, and then uh, this Gary was talking to me about doing a show, and asked if I had another artist that I would like to be paired with, and 
it didn't took about 10 seconds and I was like Kristen and then we introduced them and then it worked out from there but yeah there's something like that I found <clears throat> with the work that was like a connection but not really like blatant there was some underlying ineffable kind of tactile thing that I thought uh, the work worked together very well mm-hmm do you have a different take? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. I mean, Ben and I have like known each other peripherally for a while, and I've seen his work and really liked it. So when he proposed the idea of a show, I was totally on on board. Uh, one of the things I had we'd been emailing a little bit before um, this evening to kind of get some of the ideas together that we wanted to talk about. One of the things that I mentioned in one of the first emails that I sent was kind of a list of things that came to mind when I thought about the work. And one word that I kept thinking about was just gravity and kind of how heavy things feel in these works. And I'm curious what both of your relationship is with that, because there's a lot of, in, in the other word, I think, Kristen, you actually said it was, was about excess and that everything feels like there's this kind of weight or this sagging um, and everything feels like very kind of smushed too. So what's the relationship between, I guess, each of your respective works and I guess kind of this fight against gravity? <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd call it a fight against gravity, but- um, A tussle. A, a tussle with gravity. <laughs> Collaboration. A brawl, a brawl with gravity. <laughs> um, I mean, it, the, the forms that I've been making in clay, um, I mean, as I've been working in clay and like the, the scale of my pieces has become larger and my limitations have, I don't like to make anything heavier than I can carry myself. And so it, that, it's, that's what my limitation is so, um, so far. And, um, but in terms of gravity, it's like uh, the, the weight of the ceramic components of the sculptures are, are so much so that, like, that they're, they're not quite adequately held by the soft sculptures um, and they're unlike a traditional plinth like as I'm making these vessels like I I wanted to show the physical weight of them or have that somewhat translated to the viewer and so um, that's how I came about with making these like bean bags if you will or these soft sculptures that like show the physicality of it um, and I mean when I make the soft sculptures in my mind's eye they're quite full and elegant and then I stuff them and they're kind of these distortions of my original idea uh, and then they're further distorted by the weight of the clay objects so um, I don't know I like that tension I guess that yeah. answer your question yeah are they pat are they patterns of your own design that you're coming up with and are you thinking of them in the round first the soft sculpture specifically or how does that um, Do you know what it's going to look like, or can you surmise sort of like when I put something heavy on this, it's going to smush this thing in this way? Or is I that never, a I never quite know. Yeah. As I've been making them, I, I make the patterns, and I have, I ha through doing this, I, I have a sense of how my original idea will somewhat mutate and what, what it'll actually look like. But I never, I never quite know. So um, it's always different than I imagined. So. I, I have a sense just through my, as I've become more adept at pattern making and these, these pieces that I'm making. So, but that it's like that one in particular ended up being so much larger than I imagined it being. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What about you, Benjamin? Benjamin? Uh, oh, gravity. Is that what we're talking about? Gravity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think about gravity when I'm making the paintings. I guess I think. Well, of, I'm sorry, I was so wrong about no, I, your work. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Sean. No, I think about. Um, I just think about the physical limitations and signs of of paint itself, and sort of stripping it down to those things and exaggerating those to sort of make a contradiction between sort of uh, illusionary space that painting and color and stuff can make and the physicality of actual piles of paint and staining and smell and all that stuff that happens when you... There's a lot of smell to the <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, it goes away. It goes away. Are these dry? I mean, for... Um, I'll put a link to the documentation in the uh, description to the episode, but these are so, like, chewy and thick. And, I, I mean, are... Those aren't dry, are they? Most of them probably are dry to the touch. <laughs> I don't mean, uh, no, like I don't mean like, like cut them in half I, d- I have no plan to like smush them or finger paint, but I just mean how long, I'm not a painter, how long will it take like that to dry all the way to the back? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. We could get a guessing game going. I'm saying a it's couple like an of, inch thick. Probably a few years to get it all the way dry, yeah. How probably. do you store them? Uh, in boxes. Okay. That would, you don't, you know, just boxes that don't touch the front of them. But I don't these are all pretty, that, pretty, but... um, pretty old, or not old, but, you know, like, they've been, I've been working on this body of work for eight months or so, so it ha- it's had a lot of time to dry, and I actually sort of rotate around and, like, let them dry and um, different times to, like, preserve the integrity of the strokes under them, so you can kind of see like some of the texture of the ones under them because I'm letting them dry for weeks between uh, re-approaching them. So I kind of rotate them around as I do that. So they're drier than they appear. Okay. Yeah, they do look, they're glistening, which I really like. Um, Another word that I was thinking about in addition to um, this idea of heaviness and stuff was kind of the idea of Cartoon and not not like an illustrative or a, or an animation or anything like that, but about exaggeration and kind of simplification and breaking things down to these forms and where they get kind of warped and things like that. And I don't I don't know that that's a word that either of you would necessarily say like, oh, my work is cartoonish or I'm cartooning something. But it really there's also this subtle kind of quiet humor in the work too that I think makes me come to terms with that so I mean are you are either of you feeling like what you're doing with your materials is exaggerating the purpose that they're supposed to have or kind of doing a a cartoon of what these media or these mediums rather are supposed to look like I wouldn't put it in that word of cartoon because that sounds uh unearnest or something or like maybe like Mm -hmm. uh any humor that's in the work is there because of probably the and you know the the idea of making abstract paintings and like being very earnest about it can be humorous in terms of struggling to do that um, historically you know like looking back uh, but i don't <clears throat> they're not like haha funny jokes or anything to me, and I think they i guess some of the palette maybe could be cartoonish but and they are simplified in a way that maybe could be perceived like that, but I, I would, um, I, I've never, that word has never popped into my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mean you're wrong or anything, I just mean... Again? Again. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You're always wrong. <laughs> I, that's, that's a recurring theme in my 36 years on this planet, yes. <laughs> what about you? What about the formal stuff? I mean, I think about looking at these two, there's just this kind of like, they're very serious, but they're also kind of fun. And I think that that's, the forms and things like that are really expressive in a way that they seem like exaggerations of what I think of as, I guess, regular ceramics or even regular soft sculpture. Right. Um, I mean, kind of speaking to like, I, until you mentioned it, I probably wouldn't think of my work as being a cartoon or of a form, but um, kind of similar to Ben, it's kind of like in some way I'm like addressing like the austere nature of like modernist sculpture. And in my mind's eye, when I, when I make the pattern and when I think of all these things, like they're more statuesque and more elegant, at least in my drawings, in my preparatory drawings, in my um, then and but then the the like the end result is, I guess, a caricature of that. Yeah, um, no, that's a great word actually. So and it's I, kind of in that I feel like through that um, lends a certain access to people and and adds like a like a humanity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think about. For anybody who's listening, this is good. This is the tunnel to New Jersey, I think, right outside, right? That's, I would be this angry if I were also going home to New Jersey right now. So I understand the frustration. But, no, but I think caricature is a really good word that you brought up, and maybe that's a little bit more in the pocket of, I certainly, I hope you both know, I don't mean cartoon in a diminutive sense. I wasn't offended by it. But no, caricature, because there's this kind of like... There's very clearly like a studied hand. There's a love and an homage for the history of the materials that you're using, and but it does kind of feel like a caricature in that maybe the exaggeration that I was trying to hit at before was more about the thingness of the materials that you're using. Like these are very, very much like I know exactly what these are made of. There's no like sleight of hand in that. You know, besides me asking if it's beans or what or what's. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's. It's clear that it's clear yeah. what materials you're using, but you're really kind of pushing them to this breaking point and having a little bit of fun with them that maybe becomes because you can make a caricature that's loving. You know what I mean? No, it totally. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a. I mean, when you're, I think what you're saying is like when you're like a cartoon is somehow construed as like irreverent, whereas a caricature is has some sort of. I suppose both could be, yeah. But I, I mean it in the most, like, you're doing something exaggerated or simplifying elements of the thing to push forward things that we wouldn't normally notice or taking cues from it or something like that. I mean, there's a history of, and, and especially a contemporary history of people sort of working with ceramics in these more, I don't even want to say, not like casual ways, but like I'm thinking of like Jessica Jackson Hutchins and things like that where... Like sloppy ceramics? Right. And there's a, and that's like a response to a very particular type of like master craft type of thing, although evident in it is a complete understanding of the materials, but still using them in the quote unquote wrong way. Mm. Um, and maybe the same thing, Ben, in your paintings, where it's just sort of like, that's going back to me asking about, are these dry yet? Because it's like, you shouldn't put this much paint on. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. That's like, true. Well, I know that you're not like, the cracks that are in your ceramics are not because you don't know how to use a kiln or something. Like, you guys right. are pushing things to breaking points and screwing with the materiality that feels like, at least maybe playful. Yeah, I think I think you hit on something too about like the straightforwardness of finally. Not, uh, <laughs> I agree. 
I'm only doing this because, well, nobody, listen, out nobody listening parts. this can tell, but Ben and I look the exact same. And <laughs> Hopefully we sound to different. To an insane yeah. degree. But uh, anyway, sorry. What, tell me what I hit on that was so um, Just the idea that they're... Um, <laughs> They're not theatrical. They're very straightforward. Like you're not, we're not pulling a lot of tricks here in terms of like. There's a lot of, you know, tricks you can do in making, fabricating anything, that people will be like, wow, I don't know how that was accomplished. Um, I think, basically, you can look at my work or Kristen's work and figure out that, what the material is and how they were sort of, like it's not, something that's not accessible to the audience. I feel like if they, if they look at them. Yeah. But not not totally straightforward, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I think they I think they're accessible. Kristen, do you agree or not? <laughs> I think they're probably accessible to most people. I think that have a knowledge of it. I mean, I think about that when I make when I use materials that I use. So. Do you mean like audiences who aren't necessarily like somebody who every day is thinking about contemporary art? Yeah, I mean, I th- I definitely. Think yeah, I about think that. about that. Yeah. Why? Because. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I do too. Why? And I'm, ge- yeah. I'm genuinely curious because I think Because it's... I came from that. I think I grew up in, a, um, in the middle of the country and had not uh, first-person access to modern art until I was probably in my 20s. Here's an oldie, but a goodie. Go ahead. Give in to temptation. Don't be such a ridiculous prude. You're embarrassing yourself and most of your family. It seems like you don't even love your kids anymore, you screedler. You know that they're just aching to go on vacation. A vacation from their problems at school. A vacation from Timmy Spangletoes and his vicious band of bully bebops. You know the ones I'm talking about. Why not pack the whole family up into chubby ass wagon and cruise to the center of it all? The greatest theme park that money can buy access to. Midwest World. That's right. I'm talking about the simulated hyper-reality populated by robots that mimics the life in a day in such exotic places as Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You can feel what it's like to be a person who lives in central Michigan. Try to find a white person who isn't racist in Indiana. It's a fun and exciting family escape with no parallel. Do donuts in a parking lot in Ohio. If you want to win back the love of your children, your children who grow more distant every day as you become disenfranchised at work and bring that evil back home to your family, you've got to do something. And Midwest World is truly something. Come on out and pay us a visit. You'll discover who you really are. And you might just be surprised. So there's a a mythical skepticism I sort of have with it you know like you know there's something inherent in me where I'm like I didn't I'm not like a kid that was on the floor at the Met when I was four and have been indoctrinated into this um sort of history of modern art as a growing up I sort of came to it on my own terms and was not really a painter until well I painted in undergrad but I came to you had New York, to. New York for um I was in a video sculpture program oh cool yeah so and i ended painting huh wait where kristen where are you from um i mean i moved around a lot growing up but like the midwest Woo! me too Woo. 
I don't know if um, Oklahoma counts. <laughs> that's more west, that's isn't just, it? To me, that's the west. <laughs> it's like the junior west. The early. It's not the south. It's not no. the west. It's, it's, it's not just the southwest. It's just the middle. Yeah, but I think that's... It's just where Larry Clark is from. That's about all we have. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's an important thing that is in the work, is something where... And I... Like, I feel like if my mom and dad came to New York, I could bring them to this show, and they would feel like they were welcome to look at the work and think about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not it's not off-putting. It's, it's not only... Ben, you mentioned earlier that it doesn't have this... Um, you were talking about this kind of veneer or almost like the spectacle that, like, CGI has. Like, one can do that in materials and create... Like, completely remove the hand and have no idea how somebody made it or how they put it together... But there is an earnestness in this and an approachability. And even if somebody, and, and, but these are really abstract things, and it's hard to land in that pocket in between the two to make something that's abstract but feels like almost anybody could be welcome to come and have an opinion or, or form a relationship with the work. Or is that a, I mean, does that come into your head while you're working in the studio, or do you feel like it's just kind of a product of the environment that you came from? <laughs> Um, I don't, I, I don't think about it when I'm in the studio necessarily, but, um, I mean, obviously the materials that I choose are, are like, and the way I make things are considered like Ben. Um, but, um, I was on a panel a, a couple months ago in Nashville and my parents actually came to it and I come from like Ben, I don't come from an art, like my family, they're not artists. Like I didn't go to museums growing up, like. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but um, I don't say I necessarily make the work I make is for that audience, but um, I think there's value in making work, like you're saying, that can be accessed to everybody. Um, so like I said, I don't, I'm not choosing denim because they can relate to it, but I feel like there's, there's value in like having something that's democratic and accessible to you know, not just people that have an MFA or are trained in art or connoisseurs of art. Like, yeah. so. Yeah, I think about that a lot in, in work that I'm looking at, I feel like, about whether, what these tiers of accessibility are and if, and I think that that's where I start to think about whether artists are being generous with their work or if they're asking more of me as a viewer. And it, that doesn't mean that I want to be lazy when I come in and look at something, but I like knowing when I'm looking at something that an artist has considered the idea that all types of different people could potentially encounter this work and that it's not, it's not intentionally making them feel estranged, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Ben, you work in abstract painting, and yet these are, like, very approachable, I think. Thank you. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny to tell somebody that their work is approachable. Like, it feel, in my head... I'm telling myself that I'm, don't say that, it's like insulting, but it's not meant to be at all, you know what I mean? Like, but I think it's like, I didn't take it as an insult at I all. I know you no. didn't, but, but do you know what I mean? It's like, your work's really approachable, and people are like, what the fuck? And like, you know, but I mean that, in the mo I, well, maybe it's like a being from the Midwest thing. Like, I think it's cool if someone's parents could dig their art. I think I just couldn't like fake it the other way or something. So what would are, you What would you do if you had to fake it? <laughs> I, I make some, I don't know, something else, something slick, and have a more conceptual idea, and go into it with a 
finished product sort of mind state where this work is sort of like made by me simplifying my process and being like, I need to be in my studio working on something every day. And so this is the strategy I came to, to make that happen, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So I, would, I think that all those uh, different emotions that you have or whatever thoughts that you're going through every day, like from like, will my mom like this because I want to make it accessible to will somebody else like this are like somewhere around, but I'm actually concentrating mainly on just the object as I make them. So I sort of just take for granted that all those residual contradictions will kind of work themselves out. What would you make if you were going to try to turn people off? Or make <laughs> turn them, people off? Or make, well, no, make them feel, like, stupid when they look at your work. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to imagine that because I don't I want I promised myself I wasn't going to play a game on this podcast. I know, this, but this, 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 seems like of, a, this seems like a trick I like question. This, I like this one, which is, like, if you had to make a piece of art that made people feel like they were too dumb to get it. What I mean, I feel like that when I've used some art sometimes, so that's the last yeah, thing I, me that's, too. Thing, that's the last thing I would want to so do you don't is have to, to name make someone names, feel like that when they view my work. A couple material choices. <laughs> I would use resin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like resin is I'm the very to- satisfied I think, with that. I'm no offense to people that use resin, but that's like the tofu of the art world. <laughs> it's like it has no real history to it. it. Has no history. You can just make it whatever you want it to be. You so suspend something in it. I mean, it's like, it can be incredibly attractive. I mean, yeah, if you sure. suspend something in it, but I don't think it has, it, I would, I mean, I can't foresee using resin in the foreseeable future for me. I liked where I grew up, like, <laughs> if you went to a bar, they would have, like, the tabletops would have resin on them, but encased in the resin was, like, tickets to, like, Grateful Dead shows and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would like to see that in a sculpture. I mean, but as soon as you stand it up this way, mm. I mean, maybe it's just I haven't figured out a way to use it, but I'd rather <laughs> use glass. <laughs> what about your use of color? Um, both of you. I mean, this is a. I, when I emailed you, I said, "What's up with blue?" <laughs> we both were, and like, you were both uh, like, "You're both like." That's intuitive. <laughs> yeah, you both told me the same answer. So, no, but I mean, clearly that's kind of coming through, or it's also the the works talking to each other so there's all of these different colors that are sort of pulling away because that's in here but you both told me that it was intuitive to kind of work with the colors but let's uh as they say let's unpack that a little bit you got you guys not satisfied with that answer open the, <laughs> you're, not sa- you're not satisfied with intuition we'll open the weekender bag and we'll start to take get your dop <laughs> kit out first and i want to unpack this but really i mean how do you how do you decide on the colors? I mean, denim, I guess, is sort of obvious, but it's 2018. There's all kinds of denim. It's true. Why not white denim? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an answer for that question. Because <laughs> white denim doesn't signify what denim is. Ooh, that's true. And it becomes more fashion. Yeah. And I'm not really denim, but make it fashion. That's like what white denim is. You're right. Hmm. How many palettes do you have going at any given time? One. With one brush. <laughs> I mix a paint, I paint it, and then I move on to the next one. But in terms of looking at the paintings, they're 
yeah, I mean, I guess I'll change as I go, but one at a time. Do you clean the brush? Not very well. <laughs> do you do that Bob Ross thing where he hits the easel with it? Not very often. <laughs> um, anyways, so neither of you wants to talk about color, apparently. I mean, I can talk about it, but I'm not going to give you any like concrete answer to it because that's when I'm drawn to it. Why I'm drawn to it is because you can't really like, you know, people can't really agree on what a color even looks like. What? Boom. Mm -mm. No, you didn't just boom me. <laughs> mm -mm. Nope, there's a lot of blue in this show and everyone agrees with me. There's some yellow it's, it's too. It's calming. It's, <laughs> blue is calming, right? Yes. I, I use the blue I feel like because we're in therapy right now. I'm just trying to talk this out of you. I, I want you to ask yourselves the questions. Trying to get the to blue. <laughs> the blue is because I think that I can. Um, it has a different color um, relationship when you're painting. There's differences between like how I'm actually looking at this painting. How, like I said, it when it sounds insane, but when you're trying to like make abstract paintings, you just come in your studio and stare at them and decide what goes where and uh, blue <clears throat> and darker colors seem to have less uh, they have more subtlety to them in terms of what I can do like the white ones and the yellow ones are a little more like I'm trying to use color phenomenology to get the best out of it so I'm using like bright colors and stuff like that and blue is a more subtle or darker ones are more subtle and uh, a little bit different mind state, I guess, a yeah. little bit. That makes sense. It doesn't it does. make any sense, I know. No, it actually does. I mean, I don't paint, so I don't really think about color like that, but you're right, yeah. There's, a, there's more of a scale of nuance in it with that. But was it just kind of, did it just kind of work out nicely that both of your work, like, aesthetically sang together for this show? Or were you texting, like, listen, I'm going to be using denim. So, Ben, I'm going to need you to... <laughs> Well, Ben's seen my work. Yeah, I had seen the work. And I had imagined that I actually tried to make some non-blue paintings, which there are a few. There's a couple. <laughs> um, because of that. I can see two in my field of vision right now. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, oh, my, because I was working in a lot of darker hues, and I was like, this is um, going to be too dark of show. So I decided to, I consciously, like, mixed up my palette a little bit. Uh, or pushed it a little bit. So not intuitive. Not intuitive. Conceptual, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. But that uh, was just a strategy, you know. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't make art, so I don't, I'm asking this stuff. I'm genuinely asking you this out of curiosity. <laughs> Sometimes I take a marker and then I smush a colored pencil next to it really hard. I like to color, but I don't really make um, arts. The fine arts. Mm. Um, I also wanted to ask about, I thought the press release for the show was really lovely, and it was talking about skepticism. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and so maybe, Ben, you can correct me. Was it that it was a reversed faith? Is that the, am I that's saying from, it wrong? Yeah, that's from a, a quote, but yeah, you quoted that, yeah. I was, because that's something that I was thinking about, too, because the work that is in the show, it feels like a really optimistic show. 
and not that those two are mutually exclusive, but where does skepticism come into your individual works? Because when I like walk in here, I get excited and I see this stuff, and I actually that word doesn't come to mind. But then when I ruminate on it, it starts to make sense. But I have my own, I guess, relationship to what skepticism is. Where, what's skeptical in the work, and and how does that word function for you both? I'm sure it's different for each of you. Probably. Um... It functions with me as a way to keep working. It's like a psychological sort of mind state to be in that to not get too comfortable making, like, you know, I'm making modernist paintings or trying to make modernist paintings in 2018, which is kind of, um, you have to be skeptical. You have to be skeptical. Yeah, you have to be skeptical of that. But I continue to, I self realize that and that I use that as a, um, as a fuel or something to keep going, not as an obstacle. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. And what's... I know that you... You said that Ben pulled that from a book, so he's the one who made up the skepticism thing. But I'm curious, do you see it resonating in your work, too? <laughs> I don't think... It, well, he didn't... He quoted the skepticism thing. <laughs> he didn't invent skepticism. <laughs> what? <laughs> um... But in terms of my relationship to skepticism in my work, I think that um, I would say that like where that where that exists is like a. I mean, I have a pretty ordered way in which I make my work, at least initially, in terms of how I'm creating, especially the the clay objects. And so yeah. where where skepticism comes in comes in with like um, um, in terms of like maintaining like an openness in terms of. Allowing um, other factors, like when I'm when I make the clay works, like there's the firing processes I use um, are totally unpredictable, and so I guess where skepticism is like relate like relates to like my openness in terms of the outcome of the pieces. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes me think about the because <clears throat> you can get really good at a really specific way to approach something, and it can be like your signature thing. But if you stay skeptical of that that's your solution to everything, you, right. you, that's when you're open to all of the different things right. that can happen. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I take my work as far as I can do it, but kind of the, the clay pieces and also this, the way the soft sculptures are distorted. Yeah. It's like there's something about that, exerting that, like only that so much control and then having that kind of upended by the process. Mm-hmm. It's funny because you both work with materials that people are not... How do I want to put this? They're not skeptical of the materials in terms of being uh, like capital A art or fine art. Like these are very much fine art materials, but there's kind of a, I think going back to what I was saying earlier about this, this thingness of them or playing around with that or mucking around in it or letting them kind of do something wrong when that's sort of against the rules. Um, again, shows that hand and doesn't put that veneer over it because one can walk around and see how the things are made. I mean, particularly... Ben, I was joking on Twitter today that I was going to ask you what business you thought you had putting a painting on a stick in the middle of a room, which is over here. But 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 you can walk around it, and like I know that seems like such a funny little gesture, but you don't really get to do that with paintings. You know what I mean? There's like the, of course, I went to grad school with a kid who like one time hung all his paintings with the face against the wall, so you saw the back for a critique. Like I know that's a thing, but but I mean, getting getting to walk around it, or with yours that you can. 
you've positioned them in such a way that you can, with Christians, that you can stand above the ceramic and you can look into the vessel and you can see imperfections and things like that. You're also giving these vantage points to people that I think maybe just somebody casually walking through would take for granted, but they're, again, the kind of generosity that I was talking about earlier. It seems like you all are okay with showing showing what's going behind the work. I feel like a lot of people want to hide that. Do you feel that way? Um, yeah, I who? think so. <clears throat> what, what? Who specifically do you think? Who, what, I'm what? just kidding. I don't who want you to tell what? me who hides behind their work. Um, everybody. You including yourself in that? No. <laughs> the perfect answer. Everybody else. <laughs> um, well, do you think that the... Has there been anything that you kind of gleaned seeing your work in the space for this length of time with one another's that um, you might take and insert into your own thing? I mean, I feel like I have a lot of... Um, I lied earlier. I do sometimes make art. But... When I do, I can definitely tell where stuff that I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I totally picked that up from so-and-so. Or I learned that from this other person because our work was in conversation. And so I'm wondering if there's anything that you're kind of thinking about borrowing from one another now. <laughs> not exactly. I mean, not, not formally, but I definitely have uh, enjoyed the experience and it's highlighted some strengths of my work that I don't think would have been highlighted without Kristen's work here. So I'm taking those uh, as a conceptual strategy. Yes, maybe. What about you? Um, yeah, kind of on the same page. I mean, I Ben and I knew each other before the show, but I feel like we've gotten to actually spend some time together just in our conversations, and that's I feel like kind of what Ben was saying earlier is like we have a lot of shared ideas about our work and so I feel like that's been really exciting um, and we might have a project that we'll work on at some point <laughs> um, if we can get it to like logistically work so yeah I don't know I mean I feel like there's a lot of similarities between, between our even though the, our works are different between the, our approaches and our investment in materiality Yeah. you know so I feel like that's not going to change for our own work so I can think of, this is um, just to kind of round this out, I'm just going to give you an idea that you can take if you want it, but <laughs> if you want to make, I feel, like you, I feel like you can make a lot of money if you fused the two practices in a way, where, okay, so there's like a very specific type of, uh, in my neighborhood in Bushwick, there's a very specific type of painter, it's usually a young man, he has a pair of jeans, and there's, you know, when he comes to the bar, you know he's a painter, you know, from his pants. And so I'm thinking we get some, and his, and his pants are often, um, in terms of how they fit him, a bit sloppy. So we could take the kind of soft, morphed denim and create these sort of loose-fitting jeans and then Ben, you could come in and do the paint things on them, but they're really thick so there's like a tactile quality to it too and this could be, I mean, think about how many young people there are whose parents give them a clothes budget who live around there, I mean, you could How much money are you talking about? I mean, for a pair of pants, I mean, how much does a pair of pants cost? I don't know I don't know um, <laughs> 
How much does a pair of pants cost? Let's get on the internet. I don't know. Uh, seventy dollars for a regular pair of pants or twenty? Is that like a that would be a a realm of like? It depends. I think. I feel like neither of those would surprise me, but I feel like some people buy pants <laughs> that cost a lot of money. I've never thought about that. <laughs> So I'm just saying. We'll, that it, we'll entertain yeah, that idea. <laughs> um, well, thank you both so much for inviting me and doing this with me and having a conversation in front of people. It's uh, a little bit silly, but really fun. And I love both your work. And thanks to the gallery for having us. Thanks to you all for coming out tonight. And uh, to everybody listening along, uh, I'll catch you next week. So thanks, y'all. Thanks, Sean. Maximum vent again. <laughs>